this podcast might have bad words because my daddy says words like s*** and other bad words too much. Listener description is advice. Hello and welcome to the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads where dads talk about life, kids, and stuff. We are your hosts. Go on. Ho, ho, ho. It's Joe. <laughs> oh, wow. John. <laughs> Joe, there's not time for the dad joke yet. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I just wanted so. to start early. But hey, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, guys. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to go on. It's, it's pretty cool. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, by the time people were listening to this, it may have, may have passed. But the, they probably have more important be, things to do. People will be listening will be, to this on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Well, or, or Christmas. On, that's day. pretty or optimistic. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, pretty so that's optimistic. Cool. What he yeah, yeah. So so put those kids to bed. Wait till they're getting to sleep. Put all the Christmas presents out, and they just settle down with a nice glass of eggnog fireside mm-hmm. with the the person you love to listen to this special holiday episode. This, of the <laughs> Detox yeah, I'm not having eggnog. I'm gonna sit down with a nice glass of bourbon. Just wow. Neat. Yeah, that's more my speed. Not even that's on the rocks. More my speed. Not shaking. Oh, no. Not just neat. no no whiskey stones. Just nope, just straight bourbon. About three shots worth, and then down the hatch all at once. Nice. I don't even sip nice. it. Nice. All right. <laughs> oh, hey, oh, do you, you want to send Detox a, 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 a Christmas present? I think so. Bourbon. Bourbon. All bourbon. Right. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, you gave me a bottle of bourbon for Christmas. I did give you a bottle of bourbon. Merry Christmas. Thank Merry you. Yeah. Christ- ho, ho, ho. And Joe, you gave me this <laughs> awesome Gandalf that I'm looking at while we're recording this. Yes. So thank you. You're welcome. It's awesome. This is Gandalf the Grey. This is pre-transfiguration. Right. Just so you That's guys the, the Fly You Fools. This is the Gandalf, Fly You yeah. Fools Gandalf, which is very cool because he is holding his sword. Which, uh, Glamdring? Yeah, is it Glamdring? Glamdring. Or is yeah. it... I'm a real nerd. No, it's Glamdring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But he looks feisty. He does. It's like John good. looks most days. That's right. And, right. and then I got King Kong, which matches my uh, the Godzilla I got last year. That's so right. now there's, so there's, thanks, there's going to be... You're welcome. Um, there's going to be pop fights. Yeah. Where sometimes Godzilla wins, sometimes King Kong Hashtag wins. Hashtag pop fights. And maybe Gandalf just shows up. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they are Balrog size. I think Gandalf could take Godzilla. I think yeah, so. I think so, too. No, no, I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. Uh, so, guys, what do we have... For these fine listeners today. Well, first, I just want to point out in our last episode, John said, see you next year. Yep. Which, that was part of the plan. Psych. But we're back right. before Whatever. the end of the year. I just like calling John out. We're just giving we're just giving our vocal audience a taste of all the times we were wrong before we yes. moved to vocals. There so. are a lot of. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad we don't have time for a super but cut. speaking yeah. of vocal audience, so what we're going to show you guys or present to you guys tonight, today, whatever is an interview we had last year uh, during the summer. We sat down with WFAA Channel 8 sports broadcaster Dale Hansen. Now, in case you, you guys... World-renowned sportscaster. Yeah, in case yeah, you guys Dale don't Hansen. know who he is. Viral video know, sensation. He's Indeed. been in Channel 8 for a little bit of time. Yeah. What, yeah, a little bit. Years, a little, yeah, bit, a little, a little bit, bit of know? time. <laughs> he's, he's just a, you know... Just a couple years. Sports broadcaster from here in DFW area. No, it was, it was really, really cool. Um, <laughs> it, it, the, the conversation we had with him was... It was uh, a very honest and very frank. He was uh, the he the candor he spoke with was really really awesome to hear. Um, spoilers like a dad talk about the mistakes he's made, own those mistakes, and then talk about how his life has been affected by 
uh, the decisions that he made. So we're going to cut this into two parts. The first part will be this episode, and then the next part will be next week. Um, so sit back and listen to part one with Del Hansen. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. Joining us at this time is award-winning broadcaster Dale Hansen. If you're from the DFW area, you'll recognize him from covering the sports on WFAA Channel 8 weeknights at 6 and 10 p.m. Or outside of Texas, you may be more familiar with him from the Dale Hansen Unplugged segments covering such people as Michael Sam and Mac Beggs. He's here with us today to talk about his experiences as a dad and as a grandpa throughout his storied career. Dale, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. It's my pleasure, guys. I'm happy to do it. Thanks so much. Awesome. And, uh, Dale, we kind of wanted to start you out with a little bit of an easy one. Uh, what do you think makes a good dad? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, let's just start right there. Um, uh, I, well, I think in many ways, I think uh, a good dad in the simplest uh, term to me is a good listener. Um, it, it was one of the, the problems that I had as a father. Uh, and I, I, there, there's a great story that we'll probably get into it, maybe even right here. But um, I, I think a good dad, obviously, the, all the all the physical and the the financial aspects of being a good provider and um, but I think if if I had everything to do all over again I, I would have devoted a great deal more time to simply listening to my kids uh, instead of instead of talking to them I would have I would have appreciated the fact I know they would have appreciated the fact if I'd have talked with them a little bit more and uh, uh, again it was kind of a hard lesson the way I found out about it but um, uh, but I think that kind of sums it up in a nutshell anyway. <laughs> no, I think well, it, I think that's a great point because, uh, you know, especially modern parenting, we don't give cre- kids enough credit for what they do. And so they, they catch on to so much even at a young age. And we, as parents, sometimes it's easy to talk down to them instead of, like you said, talking at them or talking, mm-hmm. talking not at them, but talking to them and, and letting their little minds actually interact with us. So that, that's actually a really great point. Well, let me tell you this story because it is, it is a pretty good story. I, at least I think it is. And I think there's a good lesson in here for every dad out there. Um, I, I would divorce my first wife years and years ago. Um, and and my, my kids were real young. They were like six and four uh, when, when we divorced. And they were growing up in, in Nebraska with my ex-wife. And my, my daughter moves in with me uh, her freshman year in high school. She comes to Texas and wanted to, to go to high school uh, growing up in, in my house. And we had, a, we had an interesting relationship. And I mean, I, I tried to do the best I could, but for the most part, my idea of being a father in those days was, what can I buy you now? Uh, what can I give you to make up for the fact that I was never there? Um, you know, what would you like to have so that you might think of what a great dad I am? Several years later, uh, I asked my daughter one time, uh, what was the best thing I ever gave you? What, what, what was, what's the one great gift that you remember? And I'm thinking she would talk about the car I bought her. I thought she would talk about the limousine I got her for the prom. I thought she would talk about all these other material things. And she said, Dad, you remember the night that Chris was out of town and she was at a horse show and you came home from playing golf all day and you told me to get dressed up because you were taking me to the Palm and I was your date. And we went to dinner at the Palm, Dad, and all the people kept coming up to you and trying to talk sports. And you just kept looking at them saying, I'm sorry, but I'm on a date with my daughter. I, I, I can't really talk to you tonight. And all you did, Dad, was sit there all night and listen to me and ask me about what was going on in my life and how high school was and how the adjustment to Texas was. And she goes, Dad, that was the, the greatest gift you ever gave me. And, and I 
after I stopped crying, quite frankly. I told her, I said, well, man, I, I wish you'd have told me that earlier because that only cost me like $138. <laughs> uh, uh, that was a lot cheaper than half the stuff I ever did for you. you know? right. But I think, unfortunately for me, I think she was absolutely right. That that, that might have been the, the single best thing I did for my daughter, and I'm ashamed to say it, um, is that I just took her to dinner and all the way into town and all the way home and all the way during dinner, it was all about her. Uh, and I, I, I should have done that a great deal more. I, I should have done it a lot more, obviously. Wow, what an important lesson, though. I mean, th- these guys are dads of, of little girls. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's very interesting. I, I wonder, um, sort of before, before we actually got rolling, you were talking about how really this business, uh, there are certain challenges in this business that, that make it very difficult sometimes to be a good dad. And I, we were just thinking, driving over here, that you're on every night, 6 to 10. A lot mm. of times that's opposite the times that you know, the kids are home or whatever. And I just wondered, what what are the specific challenges you found in your career? Well, I, I think that's the single biggest challenge. Um, uh, my ex-wife, uh, years ago, we, we I was working in Minnesota. And my ex-wife actually said to me one night, um, uh, when's the last time you saw your kids awake? Uh, and I was doing morning radio in those days, but it's the same principle, it's the same theory applies. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, well, just tell me, when was the last time you saw your kids awake? And it had been 32 days. Wow. Oh, now, wow. they were little, and I would leave the house about 4.30 in the morning. Uh, I was doing the morning newscast, but I did it all day long. So I was on the air from 6 in the morning till 7 o'clock at night. And then at 7 o'clock at night, I was, you know, three nights out of the week, I was going to school board meetings, city council meetings. Uh, I was going to basketball and football games, you know, whatever. And then on the occasional night, uh, just so we're clear on this, uh, that, that maybe I should have gone home. I'm like, wow, I finally have a free night to myself, and my buddies and I would go hit a bar and play a little cards or whatever. Uh, weekends, I'm speaking, the banquets, I'm playing golf, you know. Um, and it, it had been 32 days. They were asleep wow. when I left, and they were asleep when I got home. Wow. So she says to me, we got to go back home. I, I want to go back home to Omaha I want to go back to, to where you used to be when you just had that typical eight to five job. And uh, I, I just think that's the only way we're going to survive as a family. And I just looked at her, and I have no regrets about this, but I just looked at her and said, I can't do it. I can't possibly do it. Um, I, 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 as arrogant as this might sound, I, I feel like I can do any job you put in front of me, but I cannot do it from eight to five with a lunch hour break uh, from <laughs> noon to one. Sure. Um, yeah. I, I, Define what the job is, and if it takes 17 hours to do it, I'll be more than happy to give you 17 hours. But I cannot show up at 8 o'clock. I cannot wait for the bell to ring like my buddy did at Mutual of Omaha and be back at my desk when the bell rings at 1 o'clock and then leave at 5. I just, I just can't do it. So I then spent the rest of my life. I, shortly after that, I got my first TV job, and then it becomes, as you said, uh, you know, I'm on the air at 6 and 10. Uh, in Texas, we've always lived in the country, uh, so I, I never felt like I could drive 40 miles to, to go home for dinner. Um, you know, my, my daughter's playing softball, my daughter's playing basketball. I, I was never there. Um, I did fly back and forth to Nebraska to see my son play a little bit, uh, which unfortunately my daughter resented because she was like, oh, you'll buy a plane ticket and fly to Omaha to see Eric <laughs> play basketball. 
but you won't come to Capel. And I'm like, well, it's not exactly the same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but I mean, I guess in her eyes, it might have been. Yeah. Um, but there's a great demand. Um, th- this business is hard. I, 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 I'm not using this as, a, as an excuse because some people manage it quite well. Um, but for those of us who are on the air, and, and we're on the air at night, uh, and, and quite honestly, uh, you know, if you're going to be truly successful in radio, you're, you're on in the morning for the most part. Afternoon drive is, is pretty good. Uh, television, if you're successful, you're on at night. Um, not, not again, not, you know, there's, there's changing a little bit, but, but, but right. not much. And when I would then be on the air un- until 1030 at night, uh, make the long drive home, uh, I spend a couple hours unwinding, watching TV. Uh, I'm not really inclined to get up at 630 in the morning and see her off to school. Right. right. And I didn't. When the weekends finally would roll around, and, and in my case, for the past, uh, what, 34 years, I've been working six days a week, uh, nine months out of the year. Um, so Saturday rolls around, that's my day. You know, I wanted to go play golf with my buddies, and I wanted to see how many margaritas I could actually drink in a day. <laughs> and um, and it, was, it was incredibly selfish, and I, I, I've never denied that. I've never denied that. Um, but it, it's that kind of a strain, and I do think it's important, as strange as this sounds and as, as much as some people disagree with me, but as I've said for the better part of 30-plus years, um, I, I couldn't have done it any other way because I, I, if I'm not happy in my life, there's just no way I, I can make them happy talking about my ex-wife or talking about my, my, my daughter, my son. If, if I'm not happy in my life, um, I don't have the ability to fake it to make you happy in your life. And I think that's true for everybody. Sure. W- whatever job you have, I think you have to find a happiness in your own life. And if you do find that, th- then I think there's some tremendous benefits that you can start spreading to everybody. And I think my daughter now, uh, at the age of way too old, um, <laughs> I think my daughter would tell you now that uh, it was a tremendous trade-off. But the trade-off was actually pretty good. Um, I was able to do things for her. I was able to open doors for her. I was able uh, to, to help her get to where she wanted to be that I couldn't have possibly done uh, had I gone back to Omaha and sold insurance from eight to five. Um, somewhat the same for my son. Um, um, I, I think they missed that nuclear family growing up, you know, like, like we all used to watch with Ozzie and Harriet and sure. Father Knows Best and all the rest of it. Um, if your audience is old enough, they can Google that up. By the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Galan and I remember but, yeah, shows yeah. a young and yeah, but, I, but but that was in many many ways that was the family I grew up in. I mean, um, both my parents worked, but my mom always fixed dinner, and we always sat around the table at six o'clock at night. And uh, my dad and mom went to all my baseball games. They went to all my basketball games. Um, Sometimes I wish my dad wouldn't have gone, quite honestly. You know, uh, but, man, he was loud. Uh, um, but, again, I just that's the point I always have tried to make is that I, I'm, I'm probably trying to, to uh, excuse my own failings, um, but, but I've just never looked back. I, um, my daughter and I have had several lengthy conversations about what it was like growing up 
uh, as Dale Hansen's daughter, which, right. number yeah. one, she hated that of and by itself. I bet. Yeah. And then, of course, as I told <laughs> her, well, you didn't seem to hate it when I got you tickets to the concert. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you loved that, <laughs> didn't you? You didn't hate it when I got you tickets behind the dugout for opening day. Right. You, know? <laughs> you didn't hate it you know, when I had the money to do this, 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 and this. And, and again, it took a while, but I, I think she finally got there. And um, um, but, but that's a really long answer to what has been a really long process for me to come to grips with. That um, in many, many days of my life, I've sat down and thought uh, I, I, I failed my kids drastically because of the choices I made. And I always end up coming back to the same conclusion that it was the only choice I had. It was the only decision I could have made. And I've tried to make up for it um, as, as best I can, as best I could, rather. And I think my granddaughter, for example, will tell you I did exactly that. And, uh, awesome. So, that's so it a, is what it is. Yeah, that's an interesting point in, in retrospect after you've analyzed this after the fact and you have the opportunity to be a granddad. Yeah, do, you think, yeah. do you think that you intentionally made certain changes to... Oh, to yeah, without question. Yeah. I mean, without question. Uh, uh, she went to school in Louisville, and, and, and you know, we li- live in Waxahachie. Um, I, I made the drive from Waxahachie to Louisville. Now, I only did it well, once. I'm never going to ever do it again. <laughs> by the way. Uh, no, but I, 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 mean, I, I, I drove to Louisville to uh, surprise her for lunch. Uh, oh, that's awesome. awesome. And I just walked in. I arranged with the principal that I could be there. And, and, um, and I just walked in. She was like in the sixth grade, seventh grade. And I just walked in and surprised her for lunch, and uh, she paraded me around the school. And <laughs> she was I, the coolest I, kid. I that bought day. all the kids in the in the, her class. I mean, ice cream bars, and yes. then the parents called and were complaining because I made their kids fat with with uh, cavities, you know. Whatever. <laughs> um, but I mean, she she and I, my granddaughter Mackenzie, um, we we've had we have rather uh, I think one of the most remarkable relationships I could ever imagine, well, and cool. and I think in great part is because I took those steps with her sure. uh, along with the fact that I always had the ability as I told my daughter I'm going to spoil this kid rotten and then I'll just <laughs> give her back to you right uh, <laughs> the job of every grandparent yeah I mean it's, it's it, you know it's, it, I think that's pretty much the definition of a grandparent <laughs> in many ways sure. yes um, but I do I, I I sit I listen I talk with her all the I mean we, we talk once a week she's 22 years old now uh, she calls awesome. every week I call her every week uh, and on the very rare cases where we miss it, the conversation always begins with an apology as to, uh, you know, why we got busy or why we got sidetracked and didn't make the call. Uh, and we talk about what's going on in her life. Uh, uh, I tell her from the very beginning, uh, there was one of my favorite stories. I told her she was only like nine years old. And, um, and uh, she's sitting on my lap. I, I remember this. And, uh, uh, but I sure as heck didn't think she would. Uh, <laughs> I, I told her, I said, you know, if, if you're a good little girl and, um, uh, you know, you don't cause your mommy any problems, uh, you get good grades in school, you don't do any drugs or drink any beer, uh, you know, when, when you uh, get to high school and you, you get your driver's license, uh, Papa's going to buy you a new car. <laughs> nice. That is awesome. And of course, she wouldn't forget that. Right? Well, <laughs> she's now 16 years old. My phone rings, and it's Papa. I'm ready for my car. And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" She goes, "Well, Papa, you told me when I was nine." I said, "Well, who remembers that?" <laughs> she does. And, and she goes, "Papa, she goes, you said if I was a good girl, and we all know I'm a good girl." And she goes, "Papa, you've seen my report card. You know I get very good grades. Uh, and, and, you know, and I've never done anything." You know, I'm like. Wow. 
So I now it's okay. All right, what car do you want? And I mean, bang! He goes, Papa, I want a, I want a Ford Escape. Just right have, out the gate. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea what that is. I mean, I, you know, I'm thinking, man, I hope this isn't like some lug. You know, well, it's like a n- nice little cheapy um, SUV, right? Mini, mini SUV. And I'm, well, yeah, okay. All right. I said, uh, and I got a friend of mine who sells them, so that helped nice, a little bit. Right? <laughs> nice. And um, and I, I said, well, you know, what color do you want? And she said, well, Papa, you're good at that. And since you're paying for it, you can pick out the color. <laughs> and I'm like, Thanks. wow. So I picked out this deep royal blue, and uh, and I bought her a car. And um, uh, I paid for her college, uh, I, I, thanks to the state of Texas in those days, where I bought that that program they used to have until they, they basically went bankrupt with it, obviously. Right. Um, but I paid for her college. Uh, I, I pretty much, you know, m- my daughter's a single mother, and I helped them a great deal. And um, That's cool. That's uh, awesome. Because I can. Sure. Uh, um, but more importantly to me than any of the uh, material things that I've done for her uh, is the fact it was just like – we were at Trophy Club, where I was playing golf back back in the day, and uh, before we moved to Waxahachie. And it was on an Easter morning, and she was five. And they had this big Easter egg hunt uh, out on the golf course or you know, around the, the clubhouse. And we're all done with the Easter egg hunt. She's got a basket full, as every kid did. And all of a sudden, this little girl comes up, and her parents got there late. And the little girl had nothing. And she starts crying. And all the parents are like, oh, my gosh. Without prompting, Mackenzie walks over and just dumps her bucket and said, here, you can have some of mine. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I just looked at her, and, I, and she's been that way from the get-go. Um, and I hope I've played a part in that. Uh, but, but I didn't have anything to do with that one. Yeah. Um, but but I've, I've told her what I expect. Um, I've made demands on her that I should have made on my own kids that I, I didn't do because I wanted them to like me since I was such a bum uh, when I ended up divorcing their mom. And I, I think kids, uh, well, I don't have any doubt about this, kids want the discipline. They always talk about not wanting it. Um, but I was one of those liberal, crazy, hippie-type parents that was <laughs> call me Dale and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we're friends. Oh, shut up. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that was the stupidest thing ever. And I finally had to tell my son one day, you don't call me Dale ever again. Now, we're done with that nonsense. <laughs> we were wrong about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, Do over. Yeah, you know, and again, I think in many ways, I, I in, in many, many ways, I hated my old man when I was growing up. Cause, I mean, he was scary bad. And I think he did go too far in many, many cases. But I don't have much doubt that I am who I am because of how I was raised. Sure. Mm-hmm. And... I think kids need that. I mean, and I think deep down they really want that. And I think too many times, too many parents uh, try to be friends with their kids. Uh, and, and, you know, I like the fact that Mackenzie and I, my granddaughter, I think are what you would almost call friends. But she knows that Papa expects a great deal from her. And she's afraid to fail me. And I want her to be afraid to fail me, although she knows she can and will get past it. Um, but but I don't want her taking me for granted like I think her mom did on several occasions and like her uh, her uncle did as well. Um, and there's just nothing wrong with that. You know, I think one of the, the admirable things there in your story is your willingness to own the mistakes, the mistakes that you, you, you've 
you know analyze that you that you've made and it's something that you know like my own father who by the way is a huge fan um <laughs> he like he's like can i be there i'm like uh, <laughs> uh. but it's you know it, uh, the the biggest leaps and bounds i've seen him grow as a person have been acknowledging the mistakes that he made with me and my younger sister because my youngest sister and brother are oh i don't even know 15 16 years apart for me and really? so it's, it's oh. a, a, a parenting lifetime different and for him yeah. to own to own those mistakes and learn from those and and, and acknowledge those and, and incorporate those into his growth as a person i think that's an admirable trait so it's it, you know especially for you to look back at 30 years and be like yeah I, I did that i don't have regrets i wouldn't be where i'm at with that that's actually that's really cool to me well i, I appreciate that and, and again i think there's something to that though because i mean my dad never admitted to a mistake right um, right. um you know i mean it was his way or you know off the wall you go um in many <laughs> cases but I, I did tell my dad when he died um uh, you know i said dad i i, I I do love you. Uh, it, it obviously didn't seem like that many times over the years. Um, but I looked right at him and I said, I, I, I appreciate everything you did for me. Um, uh, you made me who I am, uh, warts and all. <laughs> and, and he just looked at me and he said, I did the best I could. And uh, it was shortly before he died. And he just looked at me. I'll never forget that. And I thought, well, that, that, that pretty much is it. Uh, if you can look at yourself... Uh, and I've looked at my daughter uh, and my son both. And I said, I, I have no doubt I failed you. I, I mean, I have no doubt that, that some of the decisions I made had a horrible impact on you. Um, growing up in, in a little town in Nebraska without your dad there for my son and my daughter for a long time, uh, that, that's almost unheard of, uh, you know, going back 25, 30 years. Sure. Yeah. Uh, no, nobody got divorces in Blair, Nebraska. Uh, nobody got divorced in Logan, Iowa, and it was almost you walk around town with this scarlet S all over your body or something that, that you know, you're a divorced woman or a, a divorced husband even. And, and so there's my son with, with um, you know, no father there. Uh, my daughter had no father there. Uh, I think they were embarrassed by that um, uh, until they got into their own lives and realized that, unfortunately, that is kind of a reality of our life nowadays. Right. Um, but I finally just said to him, I said, listen, you, you can complain all you want, um, um, but I did the best I could. And, and while that might not satisfy him, uh, it certainly doesn't mollify many of the complaints that some people make about me individually. I don't have any regrets. Um, because, again, the, the bottom line for me, um, uh, I, I, I knew I had the opportunity, at least I believed it, uh, that I had the opportunity to, to financially take care of them forever, right. which in many ways I have, and most, most, most of the time I have. And that was important to me. And at the same time, I just knew that if I go home and work at one of the local stores at Omaha, I'm going to swallow a bullet. Uh, I'm, I'm just not right. that guy. Right. And, and at the very least, you need a father who loves his life and tries to impart that to you as best he can. Yeah, that's um, a good point. Th there was a, when I went back to Nebraska for my son's senior year of high school basketball game, and I flew back, and it was uh, parents' night, you know. So all the kids are out there, and sure enough, here comes every husband and wife and husband and wife. And I'm sitting there watching, waiting for my turn to walk out with my ex-wife, and 
every father just walked up and kind of shook hands, you know, with, with their son. And I believe in this strongly uh, because my dad and I never did this. So every father walks out, shakes hands, pats him on the back maybe, shakes hands, pats him on the back. I just walked up, grabbed my son and pulled him into me and just started kissing all over his face. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, you know, and the crowd is just screaming. I mean, the crowd <laughs> is out of control. <laughs> and Eric, my son's pulling away like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and I said, I love you, boy. I love you. Which my dad never said to me. And uh, a, a week or two later, uh, I'm like, hey, uh, you know what, what? What's everybody saying uh, about about your old man? They go, oh, Dad, what a scene! What a scene! And he said, "Boy, everybody's just been teasing me and teasing me." And and then he just kind of stops. He goes, "But you know, Dad, I have to tell you, every one of my teammates came up and said they wish their old man had done the same thing." Wow. And I just think this this showing of affection, and I don't really blame my dad for it too much because I know for a fact that. His generation just didn't do that, right? And uh, and my kids will tell you if 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 I drive them nuts now in any <laughs> particular way, it's because I'm at this day I'm still hugging on them and kissing on them and telling them I love them uh, every day, every every phone call we make, every time we're together, every time I see them. Uh, you can't say it enough, you know. Uh, and sometimes my son in particular will kind of like, yeah, all right, oh yeah, okay. But I'm pretty sure there's a part of him that kind of likes it. Because yeah. I know as much as he acted like he hated it in Blair, Nebraska, his senior year, I know he liked it a great deal. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our first half of our interview with Del Hansen. Uh, once again, thanks, Del, for letting us do that. Thanks to his producer, or for setting that up. It was a lot of fun, and I hope you tune in next week when the stakes in the story are raised even higher. I'm just going to do the sound effect you, again. You, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> John is his own hype man. <laughs> That's right, man. Next time. Next time. Next time. On Build the Detox Podcast. Podcast. Building Podcast. up the hype. Well, but you know what that brings us to? That What's brings it? us to America's favorite segment. Dad oh. Joke of the Week. Dad Joke of the Week. Dad Joke of the Week. I don't know if we've done this one before, guys. I don't know if we have either. But I have one for you. Fire away. Did you guys hear about the two peanuts that walked down the street? I did not. No. One was a salted. <laughs> One was a salted. <laughs> that qualifies as a dad joke. That right? does That's good. qualify as a dad joke. All right. That's, uh, All right. I really want some peanuts right now. Me too. I don't have mm. any though. That's all right. That's all right. We'll, we'll get some after the show. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just be munching on it in the next like, Yeah. The next, yeah. <laughs> next week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> just us eating snacks. <laughs> so is, would that be our brisky morning munching? What's that? I don't know. I don't oh, it's a, it's a Jar Jar line. Brisky morning munching. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which brings hashtag us. Hashtag Jar Jar Binks. Which brings us to the it part of the episode. to write that. I know. I know. Is that bring, no, this brings us to the... I'm trying to think of a okay. dad pun, but I can't, th- like, based off his name, but I don't know. I don't know So either. anyways, whatever. Bar, Wait, bar was, the Jar Jar. I was no, going to say, this bad. brings us to the part of the episode where we pat ourselves on the back, but I think all of the praise goes to uh, Dale. 
Yeah, but it was really fascinating yep. uh, talking to him. And, and uh, man, he's such a good he's a good storyteller. storyteller. Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, clearly he's good at what he does. Yeah, <laughs> right. But it was it was a pleasure like getting to talk to him. So yeah. that was really fun. Yes. So you know, it, uh, so you have the episode where we talked to Dell now. But if you want to listen to other episodes, uh, you can find uh, the episodes we've done under Vocal at vocalnow.com. Or you can go to detoxpodcast.com, that's D-T-A-L-K-S. You'll find all of our past episodes uh, going back to the pre-vocal days, back when we had longer episodes than 30 minutes. Um, you can find links to our social media accounts at Facebook and Twitter. And you can find uh, a link to our Patreon. Now, if you're not familiar with Patreon, it's, it's kind of like uh, GoFundMe slash, uh, what's the other one? Um, uh, Kickstarter, sort yeah. of, where it's, it's kind of crowdfunding. What it is is you sign up. For a certain dollar amount a month uh, to support the the podcast, and for as little as two dollars a month, you can get access to our library of bonus content, which ranges from botched intros to um, segments that don't really fit the narrative of the the episode we're putting together, and range in time from thirty seconds to almost forty minutes, like an entire almost episode now uh, bonus content. Some really funny stories in there. Yeah. Um, uh, also, uh, even if you don't feel like throwing money our way, there is some free stuff out there. So yep. feel free to uh, go and, and take a look at that as well. Uh, and there's one really cool story in there that touches on a, a guest we had on episode eight. Uh, one of our friends of the show, Jonathan, touches John, oh, who? John's brother, <laughs> and me and my wife. He Bec- said that weird. Yes. I did say that it, weird. It's an episode but about it's a, sto- a stalker. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that stalker basically like impacts a bunch of different people. It was fascinating for me, so yeah, you gotta it's, check it out. It's, it, but it, it's just it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun doing those episodes, and there's actually a couple of uh, bonus segments we're going to be throwing up for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll be able to listen to those. But even if you don't want to, uh, you can go and, and five star rate and review us on iTunes. Um, you know, or, or if you have something that you want us to talk about or you want to get in touch with us, you can. Contact us on Facebook, send us an email. And or if your story as a dad needs to be told, yes. or you know of dads who need to have their story told, that's part of what we do here on the Detox Podcast. So let us know about that too. Yep. Thank you so much, John. Yeah, no problem. It's time now for the episode to end, guys. And when it's time for the episode to end, that means it's time to go ahead and have a vote for the hashtag game for this that's episode. That's right. Joe, hashtag roundup. What, is that what, that's what we should we call We need to come it. up with a name the for hashtag it. Hashtag roundup. Hashtag roundup. Yes. That's what we come do. on and down to play. Woody's round. We've been watching oh, way too I much Toy you. Story 2 lately. Sorry. I didn't catch that because I'm not a dad, I guess. That's, yeah. You don't have Toy, Toy Story. Toy Story? Yeah, but he, John's not going to have Toy Story 2 on a loop. Like, um, hey, wait a minute. Is that yeah. song on Groupon? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So, so, Joe, what hashtags do we have as contestants this week? So, for the hashtag roundup. We've got hashtag pop fights, hashtag story time, hashtag backdoor that, and hashtag Jar Jar Banks. Can we really do hashtag backdoor that? Because that's part of the bonus. Oh, I didn't scratch that out. No, it's still in there. It's still in there. No, it's it's in there. Yep, it's official. Uh, It's officially been rounded up. Let's go listen to the the, the segment, bonus segment. Where I I just totally derail us. That's all right. That's par for the course. Uh, Uh, Guys, I'd like to throw my vote. Uh, my hat into the ring uh, with the first vote. Um, you know, some men just want to see the world burn. I'm going to vote for hashtag Jar Jar Binks. Oh, no. I cannot agree with that. I cannot let that stand, so I'm going to go hashtag pop fights. I was going to do story time, but I think I'll do hashtag pop fights. Because pop sounds like another word that goes with <laughs> fights. Because you go. your, pop fights. <laughs> your friend of your friend is your, wait, your enemy of your enemy the is it? your enemy. 
I don't know. The anyways, wait, the enemy of my enemy is my friend? Fool me once. Yes. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Don't, don't get fooled fool again. Don't get fooled again. <laughs> That's right. So That's Pop right. Fights. Pop Fights yes. is our winner. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, it has been a great first year for us mm-hmm. uh, in that it's been really fun to do. I, I mean, <laughs> you might be sitting there after a year being like, eh, I decided to do this podcast one year to see if they could get the act <laughs> together, but I'm out. <laughs> Uh, but no, thanks Thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word about the podcast. Um, and thank you, Joe. Thank you, Galan. This has yes. been a really fun yes. uh, this, this whole first year. And hopefully we'll, uh, we'll have a great 2018 um, so that we can continue to pat ourselves on the back. Yep. Agreed. So be sure to listen next week to Dell Part 2, which is still in 2017. That's, that's right. And... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll, we'll just repeat this again. <laughs> Much like everybody starts feeling the end of the year at Christmas time, so was John. But alas, there is still another week left in the year. You know, guys, I haven't quite learned the calendar yet. It is the last day of the year, though, so it's okay. So people probably won't hear this until 2018. So you're right from a certain point of view. <laughs> I like that word. All right. You Anyways. Just, you just got cool. one. Yeah, yeah. Ch- check in next week for that, the second half of that interview. And until then, hashtag pop fights and hashtag be a better dad. Special thanks to John, Justin, and Eddie for supporting the podcast. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com.